Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth, where we're exploring all sorts of business topics. Experts from around the world join me, your host, Diane Helbig, for a conversation where they share their expertise with all of you. Take what you need, when you need it. Featured on Inc.com, Forbes, and MSNBC's Your Business, this podcast is recognized as one of the best podcasts for small business, sales, leadership, social media, and more. When it comes to business, Accelerate Your Business Growth has got it covered. And now on with the show. My guest today is Alex Oliveira. Alex is a dad of four, husband, an entrepreneur, and an information junkie. He's a passionate guy who loves business and really loves helping business owners turn their passions into profits. He spent the last 12 plus years helping clients advance their businesses and brands through dynamic interactive marketing campaigns. He always welcomes a challenge and is relentless in the pursuit of innovative marketing strategies that actually work. Thanks so much for joining me today, Alex. Diane, thanks for having me on the podcast. I'm excited. Absolutely. And so uh, we are going to be talking about marketing um, because I still think this is one of those things that so many small business owners uh, struggle with getting their arms around um, if, if it isn't what their business is about. Yes. And so here's the big secret for your listeners even the biggest brands, with the biggest marketing teams and all the big budgets, right? Even they struggle. Ah. That's the truth. That's good to know. Yeah. <laughs> makes us feel better. It does. Well, it makes me feel better. So we've worked on a lot of, you know, with a lot of big brands, but um, my passion is the small business owners because you get to see them scale. It's great to start to work on a client account and then five, six years later, go from a client that's doing a couple million in revenue to 20, 30, 40 million. And um, big brands, I, I always feel like it's easier because they have the budgets, right? They have right. the brand recognition. But one has to think, you know, a brand like Nike or, or, or Disney or all the great brands we know, why do they continue to do marketing and advertising? You know, so- yeah. So, 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 cause I get that argument, right? Yeah, like, right. Well, if the economy is slowing down, obviously you're a marketing guy, you're going to say you should always keep spending. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> no, listen, like you're a consumer, I'm a consumer. So we're all consumers. If the things you buy, the products and services you buy, Diane, if they cease to communicate with you, I'm not saying advertising, I'm talking communicating. Yeah. And that comes in the form of advertising and marketing too. But if they, if you're the people you buy from ceases to communicate with you, you'll cease to do business with them. Yeah. Yeah. It's like out of sight, out of mind, right? For sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about this communicating thing, because I think this is um, probably part of where small business owners get, um, I don't know if it's confused or frustrated or, or whatever it is. Um because these days there really is a difference between advertising and communicating. So will you talk more about like what that communicating looks like? How does it show up? Absolutely. Yeah. So you think of that push and pull, you know, 
advertising versus inbound marketing. You're creating content. You're hoping people consume that content, stay in your funnel. Everybody keeps talking about the funnel, which is, shouldn't talk about a funnel because every interaction is different. Someone may take, you know, you know, a, a year to buy your product and go through so many different channels. So it's not linear in any way. And then of course, advertising is like letting the world know, hi, we're here, we're a brand, we exist. Here's why we do it. And then there's that type of advertising that we all know happens at the local level where business is just simply, you know, whether it's a, a, a you know, direct mail or the attorneys with the bus ads, they're just in your face. Like, here's my offer. Yeah. Like, call us, you get 10% off whatever like that's just that has worked for hundreds of years will continue to work right but um increasingly the the whole marketing the way it's working is that we all as consumers both when you're buying a b2b or b2c product right like we are all equipped with this super machine called our smartphones so when i think of getting a new water heater or a new car finding a dentist or a school for my kids I, of course, you turn to your phone sure. and you and you feel so smart. You're like, boom, boom, boom. Websites, reviews. Aha. Ha. I did all my research. I don't need anybody. Right. Like I know what I want. And then by the time they get to you, the seller, whether you're selling a service or a product, by the time they get to you, they've already sort of made up their mind. And the only difference there is going to be how you in, engage with them, how you communicate how you make them feel, how you tell your story. That's the difference maker. Because you trying to just simply pick up a phone or if it's a walk-in, say, well, actually, you should buy this desk because look at this feature and this benefit. They're going to be like, ah, stop it. I already know like the measures, the dimensions, everything. Okay. But why should I buy it with you? Right. Right. Okay. So I'm, I'm, want to make sure that I'm hearing this correctly. So what I'm hearing is there's advertising and, and that's an exposure sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's information that we're sharing, conversations that we're having, the ways that we're making our prospects and customers feel so that because they're out there doing their research. And so they are making a decision about who they trust based mm -hmm. on what different brands are talking about and how they're talking about it. That's correct. Okay. And, 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 and then if I go a step further, if sure. I could, Diane, yeah. it, let's say you get all of that, right. You're like my marketing sales and customer care, customer experience is all aligned. It's great. All right. And then you say, we work really hard to make sure that we target the right audience. Let's say my audience is, you know, Gen Z who are in college. That's what I'm selling, a product or service to them. So I get the audience right. So I'm like, yay, check, check. I've got all these things happening. But then you scratch your head and you go, that's weird. I spent X. We had the, the, the marketing, the messaging, communicate, everything right except only, you know, 2% converted into a sale. The other 98% per, that were targeted with that ad, with that marketing message, the other 98% said, eh, no thanks, Diane. Mm. That's to me the interesting part of this whole marketing and advertising world. What, what could you do if you could convert more leads into sales? What would you need to do? What are you not doing? 
And what happens is so many companies come to me, Diane, in, in my company and say, look, I need more leads. And we take, take a step back and say, well, let's not talk about leads or marketing. Let's look at your current customers and what you're doing there. And all of a sudden you start to see patterns. You start to see the leads that are coming in organically, word of mouth, whatnot. And you're like, guess what? You truly don't need more leads. You need to elevate the customer experience and do all these other things that you're not doing. Like your website is broken. Your presence on oh. social is not there. You don't have email marketing. You're not thoughtful with communication. Like for example, you do a survey and you find out that, you know, most of the customers who are on your website would love to have a, a chat a person to talk to, not a bot. I'm not talking about a bot. Yeah, right. Talk about a real person. Um, and then you go, oh, wow. Well, how would I find that out? Well, you would ask them that question. Oh, with like a survey monkey? No, no. <laughs> like when they go pay their bill, you would ask them that question. Like, hey, thanks for doing business with us. We are thinking of implementing a, a, a chat feature on our website so we could answer your questions faster. What do you think about that? Oh, I would love that because I'm busy. I don't have time to get on the phone and be on hold and wait for a call back. Oh, wow. And, and then that, that, that chat feature all of a sudden is capturing people who are coming in as leads, that inbound. And that person is scratching their heads at the moment because they've already done their research. And they're just wanting to know, if I buy this, what happens with that? How do you deliver? But, 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 whatever it is, right? You're there. But to have a website, Diane, and this is not one size fits all. I get it. For some yeah. products and services, yeah. it doesn't work. But yeah. mostly, it, 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 if you have this opportunity to serve people better, it would be like going to the mall or to any store, which we all can, uh, we can all relate to this on a daily basis. How many times do you go to a store? Actually, I was at a bike store two days ago for my daughter's birthday. This is a good example. Two days ago, we look at the bike, but her bike was like the third one up. So you can't reach it. Yeah. And she, we're getting her a bike for her birthday. So we want the experience to be good. Well, do you think that I could have, that, that, that at the sporting goods store, like I found someone to help me immediately? <laughs> Five minutes later? No. 10, 12, 15? Well, my wife immediately said, oh, I'm sure there's a button here we could press, right? Because, you know, good good, uh, you know, uh, design thinking sure. methodologies or <laughs> just good design would suggest there's a button there. No button, no button. You know, it's like when you look for the price tag machine so you could check the price. Yeah. And then they're like, yeah, but you got to right, walk three miles to find one. Right. What the heck? You know? And so anyways, we ended up finding someone to get the bike out. But can I tell you, he was struggling to get the bike down. So already we know the bike that we want because we researched it to my point. So we, we already knew we we're going to do business with this store, but we almost ended up leaving because as we're, as he's getting it down, he's, I wouldn't say complaining, but he's saying, gosh, they make this so hard for me to take it down. It's like, wait, so I'm going to part with my money so that you could have a job. And that's how you're going to treat me. Mm -hmm. Now, is it his fault? Is it the company's, the manager's fault? I don't know. It doesn't really matter. 
Right. The point is, is that's your experience. Yeah. Right. The point is that's the, lead. I'm a lead. I'm a lead. I'm here ready to give you money. Yeah. And so, and look, I'm not here as like the, the, this person who's telling you this and, and, and going, that doesn't happen in my company. Of course it happens at my company. And, and have I had clients tell me it happens? Yes. And do I catch these things? I do, but not all the time. Right. Someone can tell me, ah, I was trying to pay a bill on your website and it was down. Oh my God, I feel horrible. Yeah. You know, but you got to fix those things and be on top of it. Yeah, boy. Um, it's so interesting. So I think this is one of the things that a lot of companies miss of all sizes that the customer experience is one of the biggest marketing tools that they have. For sure. Yeah. It's just money sitting right there because if yeah. you have a great experience, I probably would be telling you that too. Yeah. I do have good experiences on a daily basis, but it's easier to show the non-marketers what's wrong. So I'm not saying that I don't have good experiences. I'm sure, sure. everyone listening to this does. But, yeah. you know, oh, here's a good example. We're using this software right now, right? Uh, Zoom. Yeah. And so I had um, a recording that this had never happened in four years that we've used Zoom has never happened. Now, Zoom has hundreds of millions of customers, sure, thousands of employees that they, okay. But anyways, the, the recording, uh, typically, you, you know, after an hour that you record, it's there. So yeah. this has never happened. And this time it wasn't there. And then five hours went by and it wasn't there. So I got nervous and I told my, my assistant, I said, uh, well, email them and ask them what's going on. Yeah. Did support emailed right back, said, listen, we're going to look at it. This is something, something we don't know. Can't make a conclusion. Long story short, we went back and forth over the course of, I want to say five days, five days. Wow. And then they finally were able to go to this this one specific spot on their cloud server where that's where it was tripped up and it was just sitting there, but it wasn't on our account. Huh. And they, they, but, but here's the thing, you know what I thought, right, Diane, yeah. I thought they were going to say, I'm sorry, you lost your recording. Yeah. I really thought that that's what they were going to say. They never mentioned that. They mm -hmm. never said it could be this. It could be that they didn't, there was no conclusion. They, they were almost like a very attorney, like, you know, I was like, okay, they're not going to say anything. I'm not asking or making assertion. So after five days, and they were every day keeping us in communication. Mm. We're still working on it. We're still working on it. Please be patient. We're still working. Very nice. It's not the end of the world. It's okay. Finally, after four or five days, they said, hey, here's the file. You can look at it. It's there. It's wow. populated. This is why it happened. We apologize. Thank you so much. That's the way you do it. Yeah. That's right. the way you do it. Right. Right. That's right. And you just really have to be paying attention to those things. And it's part of the reason why I'm glad we're having this conversation, because I don't, I'm hoping that people are hearing that that really is a very big part of your marketing strategy. Is, it, it is. Right. This is the experience your customers are having. This is the experience that non-customers are having. That's and, right. Yeah. And, and, and you know what I think, Diane, too, is we all have to recognize as business owners that, you know, there is no way that you're going to make every customer a super raving fan. Sure. I, I, and you could give them free stuff all day. Yeah. 
And they, it's okay. That's just the way it works. We, we all live that way. We all function that way ourselves, right? We yeah. just do. We have our, you know, we like chocolate, strawberry, vanilla. You're not going to convert me into mint chocolate. Like yeah. my wife, my wife and son, they love mint chocolate and they, I don't, I just don't. <laughs> you, you could give me the most expensive ice cream and blah, 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 and paint yeah. it. I'm, that's not my flavor. So it's okay that, that your customers, but my, my goal in, in all of marketing and sales and trying to scale businesses, generate more revenue and profits. My whole goal is to figure out where are the leaks in that leaky bucket and then improve upon that first. Because once I improve upon that and I, you know, increase the, the conversion from leads to sales and sales to repeat sales, if I increase it a couple of percentage points of performance there, wow, there is like, it's huge, especially when you have a business that does volume. And then now when I do the marketing and advertising and I bring on more leads, of course, it's going to convert at a higher rate without that mess and no friction. Right. Right. That's right. The world's best known investor and Wall Street expert Warren Buffett once said, Wall Street is the only place that people ride to in a Rolls Royce to get advice from those who take the subway. Mr. Buffett's quote is remarkably accurate, but how many people would rather receive advice from him than someone simply guessing? Welcome to Buy, Hold, Sell, your single source for Wall Street knowledge and profitable guidance. Please join me, Todd Schoenberger, and fellow trader Tobin Smith, as well as host Veronica Dudo, for a podcast known to move the needle for investors. Tobin and I are seasoned Wall Street executives with deep investment experience, and we are prepared to share our advice to those who choose to listen. Download Buy, Hold, Sell today on the Evergreen Podcast Network or your favorite podcast channel. Welcome to Don't Retire, Graduate, the podcast that asks you what you want to be when you grow up so you can graduate into retirement with a purpose and a passion, whether you're 25, 85, or any age in between. Gain actionable financial and mindset tips from your favorite authors, podcasters and influencers to help you reach that exciting next chapter listen now and start building your path to financial freedom and reframing what retirement can mean to you this is your host eric brotman reminding you don't retire graduate all right well yeah no this is great and and it and it helps um confirm why looking for leads is not really the thing right it, That's it, right. It's yeah. That there, there's more to it than, than that. I I do want to ask you. You said something about um, you know, websites and whatnot, and I'm wondering if you can share some information about website analytics because once again, I think this is something that people don't really know how to use to their benefit. So. Mm. What are we looking for here? Oh. You know, what what do you think matters in that mix of data? Yeah, I I'm going to blow your listeners' minds right now Uh-oh. with this. This is a this is a fact that I recently learned from a, a real really big research company. Validated data. They went out and surveyed all the Fortune 500 brands, their CMOs, their CTOs, their CIOs, and here's the deal. I often see online businesses that say, hey, look, I use Google Analytics and this insights and that one. 
to measure my web analytics, my traffic performance, all that stuff. And then they'll say, um, oh, here's what's, what they refer to as the tech stack, my tech stack. So I use this for a CRM. I use that for analytics, this for my website, right? Like the tools, email marketing, social media, all your technology platforms. So you're, you're, look at that. Look at me. I have 20 platforms, my tech stack, and it's costing me, I don't know, a couple thousand bucks a month. And I've got all the tools and my marketing person is this is going to be a wizard and just make money like crazy. Well, not really, because what you're talking about is the attribution that is still not solved in digital today. It is not. It's just not solved. Um, so the stat is that Fortune 500 brands are using on average, on average, 900, 900 plus data sources. They, no, I'm, I'm not talking about analytics, I'm talking about data. Now, the reason why they're pulling that data, now they're paying Experian, they're paying Info, yeah. I mean, they're paying all these platforms with data, including Facebook, who has no problem selling your data, you yeah. know, or Google. Um, yeah, actually, by the way, Google just announced that they're going to delay the, the end of cookies um, for another three years, they want to keep collecting as much data on you as possible. Right. <laughs> so, but that neither here nor there, I digress. I can go crazy on that, but you know, okay, great for brands, not so good for consumers, but nevertheless, the brands are pulling data, data from 900 data sources is what they're doing. And then they're taking that on multiple data platforms that can crunch that together to give them better insights. So, and even they will tell you that they're struggling to really pinpoint attribution. I spent X here, I get Y there. And I know with a level of certainty that, that, that that's where I should attribute my dollars to. It's hard. It's hard. So I get it. When people start to talk about web analytics, they're like, well, I look at the analytics and I see my traffic came from here. It converted from there. But how do I really know? Well, the thing is, you don't always know because there are things that you as a consumer can do, Diane, to um, mask your, in, in, your, your, your journey and interactions. I myself do that. I use a VPN on, my, on all my computers at home and in my phones. And, and what the VPN does is it, it masks my IP address. So you might think you're targeting someone in Florida, but my IP address might say Wisconsin. Right. So I, I'm already duping you there. Yeah. Because I don't want to give you my data. And then on top of that, I may be using, you know, privacy friendly browsers like Brave, DuckDuckGo for search engine, uh, Firefox. I might not use Chrome, Safari or any of the other ones. So I can do a number of things to be on your website where you're going to go, I have no idea who this person is. And, and, and you may say, well, why would you do that, Alex? Because it'd be great if there was no friction between me and you, the, the website owner or the business. Yeah. But there is. And if I'm giving Google my data, here's another food for thought. People don't think about this. It seems like Google is doing the world a favor, the world of, of, um, business owners who have websites a favor by giving you Google analytics for free. Yeah. It seems like, wow, yeah. now finally, after like 10 years, they're going to update it to GA4. How fancy they're giving us all these tools for free. Hmm. Are they really now think about this. 
they are collecting data about the interactions on your website, right? And those interactions, Diane, impact your SEO, your search engine optimization. Sure. So when you say, well, how does Google know? And then my algorithm, my visibility. Well, that's why this whole thing is, I mean, honestly, it's not a rigged game. I don't want to say that, but it's you as the business owner, you have to make peace with the fact that there are so many um, stakeholders who, who really want to use your data and the, per, and the consumer's data to make the most profit for themselves. So just using Google Analytics, but the point is it's not enough. And you as a business owner, a small business, like you should not feel bad that you can't sometimes figure out what comes from where and how come I can't just duplicate my, you know, the 10% of the clients who are coming back and buying over and over again. Be because it's messy, it's digital. It's really hard to do, you know? So, but you got to pay attention to it. You know, you create content on your website. Your website is no different than a store at the mall. You know, if you go to a store that's messy, has a dirty window, no doors, yeah. it's all broken. You don't go into it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, it, you know, filling out a form on the website is not filling out a form. You are literally talking to someone on the other end. And, and if you, you take two, three days to get back to that person, you're done. So yeah, you got to right. treat your website as a, as honestly, a, a tool. It's a channel, a bridge between you and your customer. And you got to meet them there every single time. So it still comes down to behavior. Yes. Right. More than mm -hmm. anything. More than anything, which, yeah. which let's be honest. And even if you're doing neural marketing, which is backed by behavioral science, like, like consumer behavior and all of that. Like, even if you're doing all of that and using the best tools, you still can't tap into exactly what people are going to do. Their behaviors change, right? Like yeah, right. They, they got stuck in traffic. Now they're pissed off. You know, they, they had a fight yeah. with their partner at home. They got fired. They were whatever life happens. Yeah. And then they get on your website and things don't go according to plan. Um, and then, you know, maybe you, you thought that just by them filling out a form on your website that you should automatically enroll them into your newsletter. Cause that might be better for your, your own lead nurturing. Right. Yeah. Except now you sent them the newsletter and they're pissed off and they unsubscribe right. and, and say you spam them. Yeah. And you're like, but wait, you filled out my form on the website. Yeah. <laughs> and, they, and then you come to find out from the FCC and FTC that no, you would have needed a button, a TCPA, yeah. you know, regulation there that or an SMS, right? Don't go texting someone if they didn't ask you or give you right. permission. So these are things that you have to think about. They're compliance driven, right? And if you don't know enough about that, then yeah, sure. You should, you know, consult with an attorney because you're dealing with privacy and there's plenty of companies that get sued for spamming, for SMSing, you know, and, and all of that. So it's a lot of work. And that's why I think a lot of business owners and solopreneurs who operate on their own with freelancers, we know 90, 99% of small businesses are, are very small, less than 10 employees. Right. Right. And I think it's 80, 89% are one person businesses in America yeah. Yeah. out of, out of like 30 million businesses. So most small businesses are solo. Entrepreneurs, right?
Right. They're not going to have all the, all the answers to technology and marketing. And I get why so many of them just focus on, you know what, I just want to do this like locally and, and go out and do some networking word of mouth, but that alone will not sustain you long-term. All right. Well, so if someone's listening and they're a solo or, you know, very small and they're listening to all this and they're thinking, okay, so um, where should I be prioritizing? Where should I be focusing my, you know, time and energy? What would you tell them? Yeah, sure. I would say do a self audit, you know, figure out where your revenue is coming from, where it's best. It may, listen, it may be true that you don't have to spend but a minute on all of social media, including LinkedIn, mm-hmm. honestly. And you may not have to spend a dime or use even a part-time person to do that work. Cause you might find out that, huh, you know, half a percent of my revenue came from those channels. Yeah. So Stop listening to what marketers are saying that you have to be there every day, every week. Maybe you don't. Okay. Maybe you don't need a newsletter. Maybe you don't need a podcast. Maybe you don't need to be on YouTube. Right. You you need to be somewhere, but you got to find out where that place is. And it's kind of easy to do that. Right, Diane? You just, yeah, look, call and talk to, I would say a good survey, a really good survey to figure out your NPS, your net promoter score. And your listeners can, Google this and they'll f- learn more about NPSs, but a good, good survey should have about 75 respondents, Okay. right? 75 respondents. So go talk to 75 of your current past clients or leads and just talk to them. Where do they go? Mostly would they prefer an email? Would they prefer direct mail? I listen, I have a friend who owns a mortgage brokerage. Guess where most of the people um, love getting communication or advertising for him from direct mail. Oh, sure. All right. I have another friend who's a realtor. YouTube is their Mm -hmm. gig. So, but again, go talk to them, find out, and then spend time there making that experience better, giving them your your upsells, your cross offers, whatever, and reward them. And then that's it. And that's your, and then once you like master that, then you can say, okay, now I'm ready to go on to new channels and, and do lead gen campaigns in new channels, but you've got to do that self audit that what we do, we call discovery in marketing, do the discovery peel, ask every question, like you're an investigator, you know, and then, and then you're going to find out along the way, Diane, that you have some moving parts that are not moving at all. They're not working. <laughs> so yeah. So that's where you go, oh my God, by the way, okay, I'll fix that. And then you come back and measure a little bit more and and little by little you improve it, but you got to be patient with yourself because unless you have an unlimited budget and an army of people like the brands, um, you're not going to be able to make, you know, just crazy, crazy moves that that are just going to yield lots of, you know, big results. You just, that's just the truth, you know? Yeah, and you have to live in the reality of it. So take the small wins. Yeah. Right. Take the yep. small wins, like improve one thing. I don't know. Go talk to them. And they tell you, you offer them chat. And all of a sudden they say, I like chat. And then they, you put the chat. And then next month you see that every month you're having 50, 60 conversations there that are improving and generating more leads. Boom, take that. Celebrate it for three months. Make it better. Right. Right. Repeat what works. That's it. Yeah. 
Yeah, this is great, Alex. I really appreciate this information because I think it it feels, I know for me, it feels sort of liberating, you know, <laughs> that I don't necessarily have to feel like I'm not doing all those things that are being screened at me on, sure. you know, a, a variety of platforms, but um, but can do the things that feel more connective and natural and, and uh, enjoyable, really. When, when it comes down to it so yeah yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. don't 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 you know like we know you know whether it's facebook or google i mean they still both make up 60 percent of digital ad sales if i take amazon and microsoft and those then i'm close to like 80 percent, right yeah. so you've got like four tech companies that and you know and then apple is increasing their ad ad sales as well you know so you just you take like a handful of companies they're the ones that are controlling the algorithms and telling everybody to do this, that, and the other, you know? Right. So you have to, you have to test it yourself. And so the takeaway for, I think your episode, your listeners here is test, 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 and do more tests until you come up with a good result. And then um, just know that I'm, you're not the only business owner and I'm not the only marketer at any size business who is struggling with that and needs to be testing all the time. Um, Listen, I sometimes have to do 15, 20 campaigns just to get the right mix of the different elements to make it work. That's not including the budget. <laughs> that's just that's just creatively, right? Yeah. So just yeah. just take your time and 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 focus on your customers, improve it there first. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. I, I really I so appreciate this. So, but will you tell the listeners, you know, how they can find you, whatever you've got going on so that if they, you know, do have questions or feel like they, they want to engage assistance, they can reach out. Yeah, absolutely. So this weekend I'm having a barbecue and everybody's welcome. No, I'm just kidding. That's not, <laughs> but, but I would like to do that. I sometimes think we, you know, I, I, I don't tell people to go to my social media channels anymore because I'm. I don't spend a lot of time there and I wouldn't want to give your audience a, a, a piece of advice, which is anytime you go anywhere, just tell people to go when they ask you, how, how should I find you yeah. go to your website? Yeah. Not, don't, don't go connect with me on LinkedIn or the, these third party applications. That's, that's secondary. Primary is this, um, you know, but, but I joke around the barbecue because I say, wouldn't it be great if instead of saying, meet me online, I'd say, yeah, sure. Everybody can come over this weekend. We're going to have a great <laughs> barbecue. We'll really get to know each other. Yeah. That would, that would generate a lot of sales. Um, Cause I cook a mean rib. I mean, yeah. rack of ribs. I'm telling you, I probably, you, you'll buy all my leads. Um, but no, yeah. Just go to a uh, dadpreneur.co. That's where you can find a lot of free co uh, content, solid content, case studies, um, interviews. I mean, all kinds of stuff that is good to help you with your business. Excellent. Thank you for that. And, and um, like I said, you know, I, I really, I, I appreciate this information. I think it's tremendously valuable. So thank you. And listeners, thank you. You are who we're doing this for. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth a production of Evergreen Podcasts. Discover more episodes of this podcast and explore others at evergreenpodcast.com. As always, 
continue to prosper and be curious. And if you're looking to get your sales strategy headed in the right direction, pick up a copy of Succeed Without Selling on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. Hey there, I'm Sue Borison. And I'm Stephanie Silverman. If you're the parent of a teenager or a teacher, or maybe just someone who vividly remembers how challenging those awkward in-between years can be, well, we're here to save the day with our podcast, Your Team with Sue and Steph, the go-to source for guidance on raising tweens and teens. From behind-the-scenes info on college admissions. I'm so passionate about science and research, but if you really didn't do anything about it, they're not really going to believe you. To tactical advice on surviving middle school and high school. If my mom, who's smart and awesome, could have friend drama and be okay, then I also will be okay. And raising your children to be upstanders. The words of feeling are critical because they help push a child to be able to act. Sue and I are by your side and ready to help you navigate this crazy world one episode at a time. Listen to your team with Sue and Steph wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcast.com. We can't wait for you to join us. Have you ever found yourself scrolling through financial news and wondering, how does any of this affect me? How can I read a major headline and truly understand what impact that has on not only my portfolio, but my life? Well, our goal on the podcast Inside the Street, hosted by Wall Street analysts at Lashifre Partners, is to provide public investors and young professionals with a deeper understanding of the mechanics that drive those major headlines. And what better way to dive into these mechanics and hosting Wall Street analysts themselves to discuss the newest trends in finance firsthand? Well, on our show, we bring you real perspectives from the front line. Hearing these analysts give commentary has made our listeners much more well-versed on the financial markets. This approach to discussion allows our listeners to engage in conversation with much more educated opinions and predictions. So be sure to check out our show, Inside the Street, wherever you find your podcasts.